Hello and welcome to The Gist. I'm your host, Chris Vetrano, here every week to break down all the things happening in pop culture. And today we are going to dive right in to that Real Housewives of New Jersey reunion, the conclusion of all conclusions. My God, was it thrilling, terrifying. I mean, this is truly epic television. And I know some of you disagree that this season was firing on all cylinders. But if even if you didn't like this season, this final episode, wow, wow, wow. We have so much to unpack in it, and I'm going to do it today. Um, but before we get into that, a couple of quick logistical notes, you know, a little uh, update for all of you. So as you know, um, Jersey has come to an end. Scandival has come to an end. Uh, I'm currently letting our recaps go for Real Housewives of Atlanta, even though they had, you know, in uh, they picked up steam a little in this last week's episode. It's just not enough yet. I'm still not like gravitating towards this cast the way that I would like. And um, Real Housewives of OC is just getting started. And I still haven't been able to fully sink my teeth into whether or not this season has anything. And so I decided that this is the right time for me to take a little bit of a summer hiatus from the recap Bravo breakdown episodes that are delivered to you on Mondays. Um, And so I'm taking a bit of a pause on those. Um, We're going to, as I said, we're going to walk through Jersey today and put a pin in uh, the Garden State, which, my God, we should call it the Dark Clouds State after today. Um, But we're going to put a bit of a pin on that, and then we will be back for our recaps on July 17th. So on July 17th, we will have the new ladies of New York to talk about. The That's right, the Roni premiere will be coming that we will cover. Um, and then we will also have uh, Crappy Lake with Luann and Sonia to talk about. And, you know, there there's just more stuff coming at that point. And so I'm going to take about a month of uh, just watching Bravo. Isn't that crazy? That I can just watch as a fan and uh, not have to actually take notes. So I'm going to watch these next, um, these few seasons that we've got going right now, OC, Atlanta, and then I will be back. And I will talk about both of them as well when we're back in a month. And hopefully, you know, we will have picked up steam in both of these, um, both of these cities. But for now, going to take a bit of a break. So that is why today I'm only going to cover Real Housewives of New Jersey so that we don't leave anything left unsaid. Um, And then going to do that. But I will note, we still have interview episodes. So um, continue to come back to The Gist every Thursday um, because we've got some great stuff lined up. If you missed my interview uh, last week with Brian Moylan, um, that came out on Thursday. So be sure to go check out that conversation. It was so fun. Um, and I've got another one hitting this Thursday. And we're and I've got some really, really exciting guests lined up. Um, so that's going to be really fun to continue that uh, series uh, during this next month. But I am going to pause from doing our Monday episodes. So now that that's out of the way... Um, getting right into it. Oh, and there is one other little hot topic that I just wanted to mention. So the ladies of New York Legacy um, have made their way to St. Bart's, and we have seen that they're now there filming for the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls trip. 
in, I guess, what would that be? Five, season five. Remember, we're still waiting for season four, um, but season five. And the rumors are that Bethany and Jill are both going to show up because they've both gone radio silent on social media. And if you know Bethany, you know she's posting on there every 30 minutes. So people are wondering if the producers are doing a really good job of keeping them under wraps and if they're going to make some kind of like explosive return to the St. Bart scene, um, which I just think would be epic. So TBD... Um, cause I could also see them coming in on like, you know, if they're there for like, let's say seven days, I could see them coming on day like four, letting the women just think that they're there to have a great time. And then like Jill showing up there the first time, like really just shocking them all poolside, um, for the final few days, which would also allow them to get the paychecks they want, um, per episode, but for Bravo and Peacock not to have to pay out quite as much in order to get these ladies back. So that's my theory. Um, but I don't really know. I'm, I just think it would, maybe I'm trying to manifest it because it would just be so epic. Um, but that's my little like hot topic on, uh, the Rony legacy stuff that's happening currently. Um, but now shifting gears into what was probably the darkest episode of housewives that I think we've ever seen. And we have seen a lot of things. I mean, let's not forget, Teresa has gone to jail. We saw Teresa come home from jail. We saw Teresa's husband call her a see you next Tuesday. We've seen, I mean, we've seen so much darkness. And I'm, and I'm just talking about Jersey, but it, we've seen darkness all over the place. I mean, we've seen the Taylor Armstrong, uh, you know, when Russell killed himself. We saw all kinds of like really dark storylines, but nothing compared to this final hour of this season. I was shooketh. So we start off the episode. The men have come out to join the ladies uh, for the first time. You know, it's tension is so high in that room. People are not looking at each other. People are looking at each other with like, you know, that Jersey stare. That's just like, says, I've got somebody in my back pocket that you, you know, or as Dolores kept saying, sleep with one eye open to Melissa. Like that was the look that everyone was giving each other. It was wild. And Andy's there trying to break the ice with the intros. You know, he's like, Bill, should I get Botox? And I love Teresa's like, uh, yes, you should. Yes, you should. I think you should. Um, and, you know, he's just, he's trying to like be kind of fun with the guys and, you know, really break the ice. But then he throws it over to Louie and he's like, and Louie, you know, tell us about these PJs. What was that all about? And, uh, you know, Louie tries to explain what was going on there. He's like, you know, I met, I tried, I was trying to be endearing to Joe, uh, in that moment, it came off really wrong. Uh, you know, I, I don't wear his PJs. Uh, Teresa was cleaning out, you know, some of some old stuff that she had bought for him. And there was a pack of PJs that he never got to wear. And he was wearing those in honor of him in some kind of way. And so he was like trying to explain that it was endearing. You know, people were kind of laughing under their breath and whatever. But then it's... Uh, from there, it's like we couldn't hold back any longer and everything just kicks off. It's like Teresa's off at the races. Her and Joe are just like going after each other. And, 
you know, it immediately goes into why uh, Melissa and Joe were like filming various scenes and when Teresa was away and when they were back and when Teresa was single and she had just come out of prison, you know, uh, Joe was like, I had been so close to my sister then because we were, we were talking all the time. And Teresa's like, yeah, the only reason though was because there was cameras up and you wanted the camera time and everything that you've ever done in our relationship as of late has been about money. You came on the show behind my back. You've done all these things just when there's a paycheck involved, but it's never been authentic. And so that, you know, everyone's just screaming at this point. Every, I mean, even Rachel Fuda, who has no skin in this game, she has just arrived at this ball. And girl, she needed to take several seats because she wasn't even there for any of this. So, but even she's going at, at it all. She's everyone's talking. Andy's getting irritated. He's like, let me speak. I don't know how many times Andy yelled in this episode at the ladies. Several. I mean, it wasn't like he yelled one time. He was screaming at them several times. And, you know, it's it was wild. Um, and, you know, they... The, I mean, it was just the fight was on from the minute that the guys came out. And, you know, Teresa says, she's like, this is the final time that I'm speaking to these people. And, you know, and obviously Joe, I think Joe was probably hurt to hear that. I, I would be. But also, you know, Joe didn't come to the wedding. Joe has said horrible things about his sister online and in interviews and on podcasts and all the things. And so, um, you know, she's done I think they're done too. I I mean, Melissa and Joe are done with Teresa. The only reason I don't think that they're saying it is because they know that if they say it, producers are like, well, then you're done with the show because you're not willing. And I think that they were like, they went in with a, we have to be willing to keep the door open because we might get kicked off the show if they choose Teresa over us. But Teresa was not backing down from that. She was like, this is it. This is the you know, this is the end of us. And, you know, Andy kind of tried to rein it back in. So they take a commercial break, they come back. And, and by the way, I watched this episode on Peacock. And because after the success of Scandaval showing up with these supersized uncensored versions of the episode, they delivered us the uncensored version of this final episode of Jersey, which I almost didn't even like notice it as much this time. There was a couple of times where, you know, Teresa threw out some F-bombs that I was like, oh yeah, that's right. It's it's uncensored. Um, but uh, it's brilliant. I don't know why Peacock isn't doing this just like every episode of Housewives or any Bravo show for that matter. Like just give it to us real time and the real way. Like I don't need it uncensored if it's not, you know, on if we're not worried about the commercials and the advertisers and all the things. So, um, but after the break, we get back, we get, um, we go to Marge and Joe talking about living with Lexi and and the toddler and, you know, they're just, honestly, it's a little boring. We get um, a guy's montage of all the like fun that the guys had uh, throughout the season. And, uh, you know, we kind of go, around the circle or Andy goes around the circle to get updates from all the guys. We find out Frank is moving out of David's house, which David is Dolores's ex um, pre-Polly. 
And now he's moving in with Brittany, his girlfriend. And I've got to say, like, Frank is a little bit strange. And I said this in a previous recap episode that, like, normally I'm, like, a Frank Catania stan. And for some reason this season, I'm just, like, I'm seeing him in such a bad light. He's just, like, he's there for all the wrong reasons. And I don't know if he's misunderstood or if he's just... I'm learning more about this person who literally is living rent-free at Dolores's ex's house, is upset that Dolores is with someone new, and because it's breaking up his family, who he broke up when he cheated, it's like he's so delusional, and there are some re- there's something a little off about him, and I can't quite put my finger on exactly what it is, but I'm not liking the way that he's coming off this season at all. And that didn't slow down in the in this episode of the reunion. I think he's he's there, he's searching for relevance, I feel like, to stay on the show now that Dolores has Polly. I don't know, it's all it's all a lot. Um, but then we go over to Bill. We talk about Bill in the the pool house. Um, you know, and I actually thought, you know, coming, it was a rocky season for Bill and Jennifer and Bill didn't come out looking great. It looked as though he didn't want to spend any time with his family. It sounded as though he was like in this pool house all the time. And we, we kind of learned that that's actually not the case that Bill, he's like, I have a job that's really high pressure and I'm doing surgeries all day. And when I come home, I don't want to walk into the house with, you know, all the screaming kids and like everything, the chaos of our house and everything that's going on. So he goes into the pool house to decompress for a little bit. And when we we learn that the him going to the pool house is like a 30 minute to an hour thing where he like goes and decompresses and then he comes home essentially, which I actually don't think is as bad as it we were making it out to seem in the season. Um, but, and maybe this was all a new narrative that they had agreed upon that he was going to say to like clear his name of all of the, all the, you know, negative backlash he received over it. But I thought that he handled it really well. I thought he said, you know, I would never like do that. I of course want to be there for my children, but I feel like sometimes I need a break given the job that I have. And then I like to enter so that I can be more present and I thought that it was, I thought it, he did a good job. Whether he rehearsed his response or not, I thought he showed up well. And I, and I, I'm moving on from it. I think it was, I think it was good. Um, and then we get into, uh, you know, that Frankie, uh, Dolores's son no longer is working with Louie. And, uh, you know, Joe Gorga's like, well, what happened? Why, why didn't, why isn't he working there anymore? And, you know, Louie's not saying anything. And uh, Dolores, like, instantly shuts it down. She's like, look, Frankie is at a new job, and he is very happy, and he's very grateful for the job that Louie gave him. And that's all we're going to say about it. And, you know, Joe Gorga really tries to push it. Frank, you know, could t- I mean, backstage in the last episode, Frank was like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to bring all this stuff out. And, you know, guns blazing at Louie about all this stuff. And Dolores put him in his place because she was like, no, you're not going to talk about my son. Like, I don't want my children discussed. And 
Frank couldn't say anything to that because that would make him look like a horrible dad. And so we actually sort of ended it there. And, you know, she's like, well, I don't want to talk about it. Andy's like, well, all right, well, I guess we're left with more questions about that than answers. But, um, and then uh, John Fuda, come again, out of the wings, showed up at the ball for the first time. And the he's like, well, I've got to get an answer about my question or something. Like he tried to say something. It literally was not his turn and it was not the place to go out to bring this up, but he couldn't apparently hold his, uh, hold his mob mentality back. And he's like, uh, I would just like to know why Louis, uh, had, uh, my son's birth mother investigated and did all this background. And, Louis like, I, I didn't, I didn't do that. And they're like, oh no, we have like a whole things that's, we have like proof that you did. And he's like, and since you did, he's like eye for an eye. And he holds up this like big envelope full of a bunch of documents. So apparently they've now had Louis, uh, investigated. And, um, and so, uh, but then Marge is also like grabbing these receipts. She like, He's like, no, I didn't. And Marge goes to pull out her receipts from behind her pillow. And uh, everyone's talking about like the Bo Deedle stuff. And John's like, you know, we know folks that know Bo Deedle. We know that like uh, you were contracted to hire him. And Louis just keeps being like, I never hired Bo Deedle to investigate any of you. Um and they're like, no, yes, you did. Yes, you did. You know, again, Marge is holding her stuff. At one point, uh, I loved it because that's one of the points that Andy just yells. And he's like, he's freaking, he's freaking out. And he's just, I can't remember what he said. But all I saw is the shot of Marge. She's just putting away her receipts. Like she had just been like schooled. And like, she's like, okay, apparently I'm not going to get to tell my piece of this. And it's like, no, we we don't need your piece because it's not even about you. Um, and I am, a li- I'm very confused. And, you know, I, I've said this before and I know that several of you are going to come for me because you think that I'm a tree hugger and that I am, uh, at last time I uh, said that on the pod and I was like, I'm not a tree hugger. I got a text from a friend who was like, uh, you are a tree hugger. I, I might be a Teresa apologist, but I'm not like unwilling to know that she does bad things and that she is like cuckoo brains. Like Teresa is not innocent. And I've never claimed that these, like any of these people are innocent people that are sitting on the stage. I mean, let's not, let's not lose sight of the fact that Teresa has done some horrible things over the years. I, I absolutely see that. But I also have to bring like the other side of things because I feel like everything's so toxic and so targeted at, at Teresa that it's like they all, I mean, it was so clear that that left side of the couch had all gotten together the night before to rehearse everything that they were going to say and everything that they wanted to come out. They were like, it was like clockwork. Like someone would bring something up and then the other one would be like, yep. And then I've got this thing to also say, and this, it, it was so rehearsed in that way that it was like such a clear attack on Teresa and Louie that it's like, I do try to 
see a little bit of the other side to try to understand what is really going on here. And with this Bo Deedle thing, I am very confused because it's like, you know, we've got the finale episode where Louis says twice that Bo, and everyone's claiming that he hired Bo Deedle. When we go back to watch this the finale episode, though, this is what dawned on me, is that he actually never said, I hired the private investigator to get the information on you. All he said was Bo Deedle has information on every single person in this room. And then the next day, when they're talking about it at the table, he says it again in a way that it does seem as though he hired him because he's a private investigator, and so why would this guy do it for free? But he says it in a way that's just like, he has this information about you guys. He He's like, Bo Deedle has all this information. And Bo Deedle's one of his close friends. So, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I'm like so scared to say anything because I know that y'all are going to come after me. Because Louis is scary. Louis is a scary person. It, he really doesn't look like... He's got two thoughts to string together, and it's really hard to follow his stories because I'm sure that there he's lying through his teeth in a lot of this stuff. But I am like, is there a world in which you have a private investigator as a best friend and people have been launching attacks at you from the previous season, pulling up dirt from your past? And is there a world in which you just sort of like investigate everyone on the cast that he's on and then tell it your be- one of your best friends about it. And does he just go to Louie and say like, hey, by the way, I know stuff about all these people. He may have not even shared a lot of that information with Louie. He may just say he has it. I don't know. Maybe. That's just a theory. Just hear me out in this other side of things. Is that like maybe this guy has done this. We also learn that in this Bodidal conversation that they have not, because Louis stands by, he's like, I have never hired Bodidal to investigate anyone on this stage. He did say that Bodidal was working with him because there is a women, a woman of Louis's past who has been harassing him and attacking him, which we have all seen in the news, this woman that will not stop talking about him, and all she talks about is how abused she was by him, but meanwhile is like going to anybody that will listen to tell the story, and it's like, if you were truly trying to move on from this person, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing now, and so it's, I don't know, that that doesn't sound clean to me, but they said that they hired Bodidal to investigate this woman and to like look into what all this harassment that's been going on with him. And through that, they lear- did learn that Marge had been in contact with this woman and was selling stories t- to bloggers um, as part of it. And so that's the only thing. And to me, they copped to saying like, yeah, we have never paid to investigate anyone on this stage. We have tried to do something in which someone on this stage was connected and we have that information. But in terms of like reaching out to John Fuda's ex to, 
I don't even know what the point is. And even Andy asked that several times, like, what would be the point of that? Like, what would he gain from getting information about the ex, like, mother and this child's birth mother? Like, it's it's very dark and it doesn't make sense. And so I guess maybe I'm just trying to make sense of all of it. Um, but then in all this Bodidal conversation, we learn that there's also a security person that's downstairs for Teresa and Louie. And Andy's like, you know, why did you hire security? And Louie's like, oh, Bodidal sent his security. And I, and I guess it was because of the harassment, but I don't know. It's all, again, it gets so complicated. And then the other thing is that nobody lets anyone talk. And so nobody's hearing anything. And in, as a viewer, I feel like I'm also not hearing anything. I can't make heads or tails of any of what's being said. Because if Louis tries to tell what is actually going on, it's like 20 people are yelling at him, saying other things. And nobody's ever actually getting to just like speak their piece. And so it was a, you know, wild, wild moment because that was like a very big part of all of this. And everybody on that stage was accusing Louis of hiring this guy to do all of these various things, which again, as a reminder, Bo Deedle has come out. He's now come out several times. He recently just had another rant um, that he went on online about, and he's said, I have never been paid to investigate any of these people. Louis has never hired me to investigate any of these people. This is all fabricated from them. And, you know, he came out against Joe Gorga and was like, he's claiming again that I'm doing all these things and that Louis did all of this. He's like, none of that is true. Um, and so I kind of feel like it's making them look bad too, just as bad. You know, maybe Louis's hands are not fully clean. Again, maybe he knows stuff about these people, which I'm sure scares them all as well, which is why they're probably going so hard at him. But I'm also kind of like, you guys don't look great either because then it's like, Melissa's like going off about, oh, you created smear campaigns about me and Marge. And you paid this guy to create smear campaigns. And it's like, and Rachel's like, oh yeah, you can tell because of how much hate they're getting online. And it's like, but maybe Marge and Melissa are getting hate because they don't have, I mean, the tr the tree stumps or the tree huggers, as, um, they are wild. I mean, it's why I was saying I was feeling nervous about saying anything, even though you some of you guys think I am one. It's like, I get nervous because if I make a comment online that do, like goes against Teresa, I mean, I can get attacked in a major way. And so the people that are hardcore Marge, Melissa stands, like they're getting a lot of hate online. But that I don't think is, I think that's our Bravo community. I don't think that that's a smear campaign. And by the way, I will say Melissa and Marge don't need people to be hired to smear their name. They have both done horrible things. I will I will actually even put Melissa out of this a bit. Marge has done so many horrible things and has so much to to speak for that she will never be accountable for that like she doesn't need someone to hire anyone. She is doing all of this meddling behind the scenes and she's doing all of these things on camera that are not adding up like 
you know, calling Jennifer a disheveled drug addict while then also uh, hosting a weed party at her house. Like those two things don't add up. So people online call her a hypocrite and go after her. And now she thinks that it's because of Louie. So it's like everybody's just like throwing things at Louie as the scapegoat for all the bad that's happening in their life. And I just, I don't fully understand or buy what's going on. Um, But then we move to the pizza oven conversation. We're trying to get to the bottom of what's going on with this pizza oven. And quite frankly, there's just a lot of lies happening on both parts. It's very clear. Teresa keeps saying, and this is something, again, I'm going to take, I'm going to go team Teresa on this. I will try to find a team Melissa at some point in this episode. So just bear with me, but I am going to go team Teresa because one thing that she did keep trying to say to Melissa is let the two of the boys talk because they were the ones that did this. Like they were the ones that went into business together. It wasn't you and I, you weren't a part of it. And like Melissa will not let Joe talk. And she doesn't let Joe talk, especially when he's trying to talk to Teresa or when Teresa's trying to talk to Joe. Like, she gets involved every single step of the way, which also made it very complex to try to get through anything or get to any kind of resolution on anything. But with the pizza ovens, it sounds as though Louie and Joe had a conversation. Joe brought him this idea, which Louie admitted to right from the get-go. He said, Joe brought me an idea about pizza ovens. He wanted to, you know, do this business um, with his sister. We had a conversation. We met a guy. We bought pizza ovens. I paid the bill. And we ended up with a bunch of pizza ovens in a warehouse that we paid for. And he even says that at one point they had a conversation about branding and he was like, you know, Joe wanted it to be like Gorga's pizza. And, uh, I had suggested skinny Italian since there's already a brand name for that. And, you know, we, we never really went anywhere, but he was like, I asked Joe, do you want 5%, 10%? What do you want? Because Joe had never put up any of the money for this. And, you know, the whole time that Louis is trying to explain this, Joe's screaming at him and Melissa's going crazy. And so it's like, we can't, we never really got anywhere beyond that. Joe claims a very different story that he says Louis ghosted him. Louis's like, what, I didn't return your call for a couple of weeks? And he was like, yeah, I mean, he's like, well, that's not ghosting you. I'm just busy. And Joe's like, well, you know, you did all these things and uh, you took my family out of it. Like you went and you created all like a whole branding and you did all this stuff and you really screwed me over. And Louis is like, but you never paid for it. You never came to the table to decide what you wanted to do. We aligned that we did. We had the conversation about the brand name. We aligned on the skinny Italian brand. And he said, and then I went and I executed on that. And so we created a skinny Italian pizza box. And now we've got pizza oven sitting in a warehouse and you still don't have a, like you still have not come forward and wanted to do this business deal. And then at that point, like, you know, Joe Gorga is like talking about he's got, he's got, he'll pay, he'll pay for 50% of them right now, or 50, he'll take 50% or whatever. And, you know, we can't, we're not going to go into business together at this point, given that they can't even be civil in the same room. So, 
Um, it's, it, we, again, we never, we didn't get anywhere with it really. It's just ultimately two sides of the story. Nobody's seeing the other side. Um, and then, and then Andy rehashes that Teresa thinks that maybe Joe and Melissa had something to do with her going to jail. Um, in which Frank steps in and says that he was his lawyer during the time and removes his AC Prev and says, you know, I I know what happened in this moment. The feds wanted to talk to Joe and Joe never showed up for that conversation. And Teresa's like, yes, but he did talk to Joe, Joe Judice's uh, partner, who is the one that ultimately turned him in, and he was the one that like was saying things. So that also is still not clean to me either. And quite frankly, I'm waiting for Jacqueline to come forward with everything she knows, because she seems to be the one that knows what really went down. And... Teresa's buying it. So I don't know. We gotta we gotta see what what Jacqueline knows about all of this because it's like I said, it's very dark. And it I mean, if he if if Joe Gorga had any involvement in trying to not necessarily send Teresa, because even Teresa's like, I know he didn't do this with the intention to hurt me, but I do think that he did it to turn Joe Judice in. And if he did that, that is, that is unforgivable. And that's again, where I, I tend to be like, if this is really happening, Teresa has a point. Um, and then, you know, they, that sort of gets into the kids of it all. And whether or not they filmed for money or to be supportive when Teresa was in jail for the special Teresa checks in. And, um, you know, they, Teresa's like, we did it because, or they did it because they were getting paid to do it. Not because they were like there to support my kids and put food on their table. Like they, like they're saying that they did. And, um, it's that in going into the kids, like that's where uh, Joe says something to the effect of like, you know, Gia and Gabriella, like they shouldn't be involved, you know, like it's so horrible that my sister's like bringing them into all of this. They shouldn't even know. They should just be like, Oh, I love my uncle. But the reality is that he's the one talking about them on the podcasts. He's the one that's saying the stuff that's upsetting them. It's not because Teresa's bringing it to them. It's because he's saying it. So that was confusing to me because he, you can't say they shouldn't be involved, but you're the one involving them. And, um, you know, and so Joe's like, I was there. I was there for them. And Teresa's like, because you were getting paid. And one of Melissa's, like clapbacks at that was, well, we were only getting paid half of what you were. So we were doing you a favor. <laughs> so I guess getting paid half of what Teresa was getting paid for the Teresa special um, didn't 
sit well with Melissa. So at least she was honest there. There, I'm team Melissa. She was honest at the moment. She got paid half and she, um, you know, feels like she was doing a favor as a result of that. Um, and so do you guys like it? I'm team Melissa on that one. Um, and so then we end up calling Gia because Joe tells this horrible story of like Gia calling him and saying that he could do better than Melissa and that he was trying to convince him to get divorced from Melissa. So Teresa calls, um, Gia's at Coachella and Andy's like, I wish I was there because this is going crazy. Um, but they have the, the conversation and she, you know, says it very like clearly. She's like, I called because I wanted him to rethink his decision about the wedding. I called and said, you know, our, that her grandparents were looking down on him and they would be so ashamed if he didn't show up for the wedding and that that was the the primary reason that she called. And she was like, you know, my mom wanted him to walk her down the aisle and I was just trying to convince him to put everything aside and come to the wedding. And that was it. And, you know, Andy ends and Joe's like, yeah, she's lying. And of course she is because Teresa's lying and she's, she's being fed what to say from Teresa and, you know, and Teresa and Teresa loses her mind and um, she starts crying and ends up walking off very dramatically. Melissa's loving it, loving that she, you know, is walking off and, you know, backstage, there they have kind of a a rehash of what had happened she's talking to gia again on the phone and it's like he's lying he's saying you said all these things and she's like i didn't and you know we do learn though that louis said that in a conversation with uh with gia he said that she did say at one point he maybe misunderstood me because i said you know, if him, him not coming to the wedding, like I said something to the effect of like, you could do better than that, but never said you could do better than Melissa and Joe heard it a different way potentially. So I felt like Louie was trying to maybe find a pathway to resolution on that. Um, But Teresa at this point was done. She's like, I don't even want to be out there with them anymore. Andy's like, look, you got to come back out. We're going to wrap up. We're going to send all the guys away. And then we're going to wrap up the con- conclusion. He's like, it's clear we're not going to get anywhere with this. So we just got to end at this point. And um, so she agrees to go back out. They have their, you know, final moments. He, you know, says between before, you know, Teresa and Joe don't see each other. Is there anything you guys want to say? You know, Joe's like, I will be by your side. If you were in a car accident, I would be right there. I would take care of you. Like, I love you. You're still my sister. And Teresa's like, I, you know, don't buy it. And she didn't respond well to that. And, you know, she probably should have said like, you're my brother. And I really hope that that would be the case. But instead she said something, you know, along the lines of like our dad always said, like, love me when I'm alive, not after I'm gone. And, um, so I don't know, it's, it was dark. It was a really 
horrible thing. I mean, when you really are thinking about this, like, yes, it's a reality TV show and there's so much in reality that's scripted and, and put together. But when you're seeing two siblings that were as close as Joe and Teresa were, like at this pivot where they can't even be in the same room and that they are truly talking about never speaking again in their life, it's really sad. Um, and then they're, you know, so the guys are going to go. Louie goes over to Joe and uh, Frank to shake their hands and say, like, you know, let's just move on. And, you know, what did, what did he end up saying? Like, he was just like, I wish you well or something. Um, it was like Gwyneth Paltrow leaving the courtroom to um, the guy that accused her of uh, running into her on the slopes. And... It's like, he was like, I wish you well. Joe didn't look very happy about it. I got really, I got a little nervous, quite frankly. I thought that there was potentially going to be a punch thrown. Um, but then Louis goes over to Rachel and John as they're trying to leave. And he's just like, look, I just, I need to tell you guys, like, it's really important for, that I tell you this. Rachel, I think you're, what you're doing with Jaden is amazing and you're a great mother and I promise you that I never had you guys investigated. And John's like, no, you did. And, uh, and if you want to be my friend or if you want to like try to move on, the, the only way we're going to do that is if you admit that you did that. And he's like, I have proof that you did it and I'm not going to ever move on. He's like, I'm not mad for no reason. And Louis's like, I didn't do it. Like, And so it was almost as if that was like, going to start up again. And you could tell everyone was just like, we got to get out of here, like get the men out of here and get them separated because it's not, it's not good. Then we get the girls final thoughts. You know, we, everyone kind of goes through, you know, this emotional day that they've just had. Where do we all go from here? Who, who can be, who can move on? Who can't, um, you know, we learn that most people say they can move on from each other and the, and the, various tiffs and fights that they've had from the season. We obviously know Melissa and Teresa are not at that place. Teresa said at the beginning of the reunion, I want to just end with peace and close this chapter. And Melissa was like, I will go with whatever my family wants to do. Um, so, you know, I guess that's where we, we leave it, right? They bring out whiskey and pizza to end the end the season and do a toast that like no one stood up for the toast. If you noticed, no one wanted to cheers each other. I'm sure that they all walked off of that stage, not speaking to one another. It was, it was intense. And I don't know where we go from here. I really don't because there is a part of it. That's like, I, I am so over the Teresa and Melissa stuff but I'm also like, would it be nice to sort of see resolution with Joe and Teresa? I think the answer to that is yes. But if we're signing up to just get back in the ring of all of this, I don't, I don't see a path forward. And so I really don't know where we go from here. But um, I guess that's the producer's cross to bear, not mine. And um, the only other thing I will say is that why didn't we bring up the BravoCon incident between Jennifer and Joe Gorga and Melissa, where the glass was thrown in the hotel lobby and he was, Joe Gorga said some horrible things. I'm just curious why that wasn't addressed because that seems like that's also a missing part of the storyline that it's like, you know, Joe and Melissa 
claim to be these like loving people that are just kind of going with the flow, but they have also made errors. And I feel like we didn't get to call a lot of those out. Um, and that seems like a pretty big one. So, um, I don't know. I, I kind of wished that we had gotten a little more into that, but maybe there was legality of that. Um, uh, maybe we, they weren't going to talk about it for whatever reasons, but it, it was disappointing to say the least. Um, and, but it was epic television. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's watching these things that are just like so heart-wrenching and it's so sad and so intense watching this stuff. But then I can't help but be so entertained. And I know that makes me a sick person, but you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you are one too. And I'm sorry that I said that, but um, it's true. So, um, but I think that's where we're going to leave it. So guys, we are done with Real Housewives of New Jersey. Like I said, what an epic season it was. I really loved it. Um, and I am so curious as to where we go from here. Um, but as a reminder, uh, we are taking a break from our Bravo breakdown recap episodes for about a month um, for a little summer vacation. And uh, and we will be back, though, with the Roni premiere, the Crappy Lake. We will be talking about where we're at with Atlanta and OC at that point. Um, so lots to cover when we're back. Uh, but don't forget, you can always continue to uh, listen to new episodes every Thursday, still releasing those. So the break isn't going to be that long because... You got another episode coming this Thursday, guys, and then one after that, and the one after that. Um, but I'm just not giving you two in the week. Um, but yeah, I hope that uh, you will rate, and I hope that you will subscribe to The Gist so that you never miss an episode and that you're here uh, when we get back. And I hope that you guys all have a great summer. And um, yeah, until Thursday. I'm saying like great summer as if I'm not doing these Thursday episodes, but I am taking a bit of a break. It's it's it is it is nice to sort of not have to take notes while watching Bravo for a minute. So, um excited to do that. But yeah. Uh but thank you for listening uh and continue to follow me at CM Vetrano. I'm at Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um I'd love to hear from you and um until next time, it's Chris Vetrano signing off. Bye.